We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. My guy, young Zach Wilson in the building. The future. <laughs> the future. Corona boys. Yeah, I was the first. I feel like I'm the first person, first Jets fan with a Zach Wilson jersey. You haven't seen any other ones. Yeah, you I might be. I think. Uh, I mean, yo, know, I was all in before the draft, so um, people probably want to watch a couple games, or, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. couple games or two before they invest. I'm already invested. You're in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're early to the party, so if you ever run into him, you could be like, "Yeah, I bought all the stock before everyone else could." Show you, show you the Twitter receipts. Yeah. So, Rece- yeah, now I'm pumped. Sipping on the Rona. Yo, you look good, man. Thanks, you bro. Slimmed down, OD, from like the first couple, uh, like heart of winter when you would come on the pod to now. COVID, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know that variance, no joke, but you know, relatively speaking, we're we're, we're doing okay here at least. So, um, but still, yeah, yeah, working from home, being able to kind of work out whenever I want. Mm-hmm. The weather, going for walks, you know, just just, just doing the thing. Doing the thing. <laughs> I want to point out that the Biggie poster fell down right when we were about to start recording. Tried to put it back up, and then it fell again. So I'll, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll understand why. Can't you, like, Photoshop something there? I could, yeah. I could do that. That's a good point. Put, like, whatever you want. There. You know what I'm thinking of doing? When you see the clips, it's going to be, I'm going to be OD slid to the <laughs> left so that the Stone Cold one pops in. But on the grand scheme of things, so the YouTube channel, you'll be able to to see the hole there that's missing. But yo, I want to talk a little NBA with you. My favorite person to talk NBA with. Game five last night. Big. Last two games have been bangers, bro. They were close. They were competitive. They were big swings for both teams. Like yesterday in game five in the first half, the Suns went up like 16. I'm like, damn, yo. Especially how... I feel as if both teams play so much better at home. The role players play better at home. That's kind of the thing. Don't get me wrong. The stars are playing better at home too, but it's the bridges of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, as an example, Cam Johnsons, those guys, Cunnington. Con- he was like he was on fire last night. But yeah, yeah, last yo, he's 
outside of a couple of like a handful of moments, he's played very well for the Bucks. Credit to Budenholzer, who is kind Your of boy, who's been criticized for like not being able to make in-game and in-series adjustments, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he shortened the bench. You know, he's playing. He has like this Giannis at the five lineup that's been working really well. He's kind of limiting Brook Lopez's minutes, you know, and. He played some. He played. He's been playing, but I just think that that Giannis at the five lineup has been really effective. And you know, credit to him. He made some changes in game two. He put Drew Holiday on Chris Paul. You know, people. You know, Chris Paul has had an amazing playoff run. Although you know some of the injuries here and there, he's had some. He's looked great and he's looked bad. People want to potentially say it's an injury. I just think it's Drew Holiday really kind of you know showing you why he's an elite two way player. So you you make the switch. PJ Tucker's been running around chasing after him too. But just being able to put Holiday on him as well. Um, yeah, credit to Budenholzer again. Shorting the bench. Go with the honest at the five lineup. Home team lost, right? What's the what's yeah. the old ch- cheesy cliche? Series doesn't start until a home team loses. Yeah, yeah. Well, the home team lost. Well, how many how many series have never gotten started if a home team won every single time, right? <laughs> yeah. So what happens if it goes seven and every team wins at home, then the series never happened? Um, I kind of don't like that, that uh, saying, but I get it's it. It's a cheesy cliche. Right. That's why I prefaced it. But I, what, what I'll say is this. Um, you know, I think uh, – do you think Chris Paul is hurt? I do. Yeah? I really do, yeah. Remember remember like two years ago I thought Aaron Rodgers had a torn ACL and then they ended up going all the way to the NFC title game, so I was, I was wrong. <laughs> not, but, <laughs> but CP3, I do think – he's not like – yesterday he had a couple moments where he did it, but in games three and four – he wasn't really getting by guys the way mm-hmm. he was earlier in the playoffs. Also, he's like turning the ball over. He's like bobbling passes. Well, I do think it's what you mentioned though too before about Drew, Drew Holiday. Holiday. Yeah, like yo, that Drew Holiday play to end the game where he stripped Booker and then threw the alley, and then when you factor in how well he shot from the field, yeah. like Drew Holiday was twelve of twenty coming off a four of twenty game, where I tweeted this out before the game started. The Bucks just need Drew and Middleton to not both go ghost. You're right. If one of the two shows up, you're right. They'll win. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I I think back to to the Nets series mm-hmm. where KD hits the big shot right to to, to 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 force extra time, but Holiday had a terrible first three quarters of that game. He couldn't hit a shot, and then what happens? He gets hot. He hits his last maybe three, four, five shots. And the Bucks wind up winning that series, and they end up, you know, going into the NBA Finals. So you're absolutely right. If two of the three guys can can play up to their potential, they're a better team. Um, I'm fascinated by by what's going to come next because I hate seeing all of this. Oh, M- Middleton's Batman and Giannis is Robin. That just shows your basketball IQ. Like Middleton is a better ball handler, right? He's a better shooter. Maybe that's why the ball's in his hands a little bit more and, you know, let Giannis kind of, you know, work down low to just to simply flat out say like, oh, Middleton is the Batman because he has the ball in his hands. Like that's just I don't I don't agree with that. Well, he is their closer. Well, yeah. So maybe from that notion, he is Batman. Yeah. But what about the first the rest of the beginning of the game? Right. And there's so much more than just, you know, being the closer to being a Batman, in my opinion. Mm. It's what you do on the defensive side of the ball as well. I thought it was crazy that he threw the alley, right? He could have dribbled the ball out. That was nuts, the, the, the Drew Holiday steal. But, yo, you know how I am. I'm, if I was a coach or if I was a player, I love, I love aggressiveness. Get the bucket if you got it. If How many times way back in the day when we were talking about when we used to have the whole gang on the show, 
and we would talk about overtime and football, right? Like, yo, if I have Aaron Rodgers, bro, Aaron Rodgers lost like four straight playoff games in which he didn't touch the ball in overtime. Most notably last year. Right. Yeah. But not most. Notably. That wasn't in overtime. But I'm talking about like the the Cardinals year, the yeah. Seahawks year, those years where he comes back from a deficit. Remember what he did against Arizona, bro? He threw like two Hail Marys. And then what happens? They kick the PAT. They send it to overtime. Larry Fitzgerald breaks like a 60-yard catch from Carson Palmer. And then that's it. Game's over. If I have our Aaron Rodgers, I got Mahomes, I got Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. If I have my elite players on the field or on the court, I want the ball in their hands. And I want them to dictate what's going to happen. Because I can live with that. You got me here. Um, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. They're playing not... To, to lose instead of playing to win. Yes. And I'd rather have, I'd rather you be aggressive. And that iced the game, bro. Yeah. That alley oop and one, he makes his free throw. Yes. And then that's, that's a wrap there. I also wanted to say, like, I understand you're in the heat of the moment, but the Chris Paul push while Giannis is midair was a little dangerous. It was. I get it. You're in the heat of the moment, but that was dangerous. It could have, yeah. that could have went bad. And granted, he's probably trying to push him off his line mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that. It, it didn't force seem a free throw. It was yeah. an instinct. Yeah, I'm it's, trying my best to prevent this from happening. It, that it could have went a lot worse. Yeah. Um, Giannis is showing out. I think the idea that he like hyperextended his knee and it looked so bad a few weeks ago to what he's doing now, it's unreal. And maybe, you know, he's young. He's what, 26? 26. So yeah. So he's got that. You know, he he has that kind of. He's he's young. He's youthful. He has that ability to bounce back. I'm just so impressed. Um, and look, it's funny because. If the Suns win the series, I think they'll draw some criticism. Oh, you know, that was a that was a weird year that the Suns won, right? Looking back on this season, down the line, people are going to be if, – if the Suns win, the narrative will be, oh, man, fluky year for the Suns, crazy season, all those injuries. But I truly believe that if the Bucks win, which I do think they will, that you won't, you won't hear story. any of that. You're going to hear this is when Giannis took that step. This uh, is when Giannis cemented himself. I don't think you're going to hear any – I don't think you're going to hear anything. Uh, I disagree. We'll Cause, see. Because I think, I think the way that net series was going, if Kyrie don't get hurt, like yeah. even even just Kyrie, if Kyrie was just there, they would have won. I definitely hear you, and I, I think rather convincingly. So, I do think there'd be more pushback on the Suns if they win, as opposed to the Bucks. Giannis averaging in the finals thirty two, thirteen and five. With 61% from the field, again, a hell of a point about how it looked like his season was done. And not only his playoff season, all of next year, too, because he got hurt in, what, the middle of June? No one Early knew. June? Yeah. And if that was a torn ACL, by the time you come back and recover, that would have been dangerous. I was on the Bucks. Uh, I had both of these teams going to the finals from a betting standpoint, mm -hmm. like back in, like, late March, based on how it was going to play out. Yeah, did both teams benefit from injuries? Absolutely. But I think what's happening with Giannis is last night it seemed like they let him roam around a little bit more and facilitate, which I liked. And the whole playing him at the five was rather unique. Yeah. And I think a lot of credit got to go to Budenholzer. For sure. And also to my guy Pat. Cock. Yo, he's been solid, Pat's man. Patsy, man. Yo, he's been solid. The random white dude just out there just hitting threes. The, the, the fake pass shot yes. the, uh, on the wing was unreal. Um, yeah. They they made the bench way shorter. He, he They're did, playing seven, six guys. Yeah. Well, yesterday they played they played eight guys yesterday, but Jeff Teague played like seven minutes. Yeah. So they basically played 
uh, seven guys. But yo, Connington played 33 minutes, and he hit four, four of his six, six from threes. threes. Yep, and that was big. And that was big. Yeah. And yo, you know what? They were battle tested, bro. Chipping away and shit. Yeah. Like being able to come back and not fall at home. You saw how crazy the crowd was. The dude counting the hundreds. Yep. Right? Like that guy is the, <laughs> the son's money man. He's probably sick right now because I'm sure he had some money on that game based on how his whole setup was and all that dough. But I think I think what you saw there is is the Bucks. That big three from Milwaukee all played well yesterday. Yeah. And look, bro. 32, 29, and 27. Like, them, them three just absolutely went bananas. Middleton hit some really tough shots. Mm-hmm. Some tough contested jumpers. Um, Bobby Portis giving you some Free energy. Free Bobby! Yo, you know, he says it all the time. Whenever Nick's he great. Gets, whenever Bobby, Bobby Portis. Portis gets interviewed, bro, he says it all the time. He goes, I took less money to come here to win. And it's true. He wasn't terrible last year, you know? Like, we, I watched Bobby Portis a lot. Um, he wasn't bad. And, and, like, people were kind of shitting on him early in the year for saying that. Like, mm-hmm, oh, he's just mm-hmm. trying to grab attention or whatever the case is. It's true. Like, he's a really great modern big for t- the NBA today. He can yeah. chew. He can put it on the floor. Um, tough as nails, you know. So, you know, credit credit to what they're doing. And, and again, I think you hit it on the head with Budenholzer. Drew Holiday, though, uh, f- I guess at the end of the day, it turned into, I think it was four or five picks in terms of the trade. Uh-huh. Buck went all in. It turns out, obviously, that you know Giannis resigns, right? And that's kind of how all of this started, you know. And 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 so far, it's it's panning out. Well, I do want to say it's panning out because they're up three two. The job isn't done yet. To yes, both the late great Kobe, and he even said that Giannis, right. he understands, right? You know, I think they need to close it out in six. That game is on Tuesday. Have you noticed that Tuesday. the schedule is really funky? It's been three game. It's been three days rest between games, but then game six to seven is. Two days. Money, I guess. Why? You're still going to tune in. Dragging it out? I'm not sure. Maybe dragging it out. Yeah. It's not a... Oh, well, it's a, it is a travel. Technically, it's for travel, right? It is for travel, but Milwaukee to Phoenix isn't entirely like New York to LA. Yeah. It's relatively closer. Yeah. You know, I remember they were saying one time there was a... There was like a Stanley Cup final where the team played in like Edmonton. And then the other team was like, it was like a six hour commute back and forth. And then when they had the, the 2 2 1 1 1, it's like, yo, going back, back and, and forth, forth and shit, different time zones. But what do you think happens though? I want to paint the scenario for two, two different scenarios. Um, what happens if the Suns win this series for the Bucks? You got to run it. I mean, you're going to run it. I know. I get that. But, like, what's going to be the narrative of Milwaukee if that happens? Uh, like, what's going to be the backlash? The problem is, is, like, you Because can't, I think both of these teams, whoever loses, is going to get shredded. Yeah. You can't pin it on Giannis, though, right? Unless he, like, implodes the next couple of games. And even and even so, it would still be hard to kind of, like, put this on Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. So, it would probably be on the roll, guys. Well, he was about to blow it in game five with those missed free throws. Yeah. And then he got that tip, the tip back. Which, like, he missed. It was funny. I think it was Van Gundy or Mike Breen were like, he missed so bad <laughs> that they couldn't get the defensive rebound. That was a great free throw attempt. That and was then probably it went Van out to, Gundy. Yeah, and then it went out to Middleton, and then he hits his. He missed one, hit the other, and kept it out of a three-point game. But So, uh, so what, do you, what do you think? It probably, you know, they tried to, like, you know, pin it on one of the role guys. 
Nah, you he, the four the four guys would always be the studs. I mean, they've just been get the thing with Middleton is just like I wouldn't be surprised if he has a dud next game. Middleton to me, at this point, like he he can't surprise me anymore. Like he's so hot and cold from game to game, he could go zero for twelve, and and I swear to God, bro, I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I. That's why you know to your point, the series is definitely not over yet, but they have to finish it, and uh, if they lose, it's Yon. I can't see Yon as having a. A bad game. He's just he's too locked in right now. Yeah, he's playing closer to the basket. He's taking less and less threes as the playoffs have progressed. It was like he started with three threes a game. Now he, he was taking two threes a game, and now he's like he may not even be taking. One he took three. one yesterday, but, and, and and that's if I had to guess, it may have been because of the shot clock. Whereas the, even the net series, right? He was chucking up a whole bunch of threes. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he's playing closer to the basket. Again, cr- credit to Budenholzer. So I can't see him being the scapegoat. If the Suns lose... CP. I mean, CP3 is already getting it. Yeah, he's getting it now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Booker because Booker is, like, breaking mad. Like, every time they show a graphic of Booker, it's like, first guy since MJ, first guy since Kobe. Shaq hasn't done this. It's, like, wild how great of a postseason he's had. And also his first playoffs. Yeah. To make it all the way to the finals. So I do think Chris Paul is going to be the guy that's going to get absolutely shredded by the media if if they lose. Because like you, you said, they're already starting to put it on Chris Paul. Yeah, because it's not fair to kind of give him all of the credit from the last series or even earlier in the series, right? And mm-hmm. then kind of just like remove him from any of the blame. Now it's just kind of not fair. And um, I, you kind of... I know Chris Paul is kind of like... He's the engine of the offense or, or you know what I mean? But... I kind of think he, you may see Devin Booker, you know, have the ball in his hands. More. Twenty-one and eleven for for Paul yesterday. Yeah, and people were still saying how he wasn't as aggressive. He was. He's made, also getting attacked on defense. Sorry to interrupt you, but the size is an issue. So that's one thing that stood out to me. I think that they're beating them up physically. The Suns seem like a soft finesse team, and I don't mean that in like the players are soft. I think the way they play, like they. They don't really back down people the way Milwaukee does, physically imposing. Like, you just look at the size of Milwaukee just across the board and, like, their length and shit. And also Drew just being both ends of the floor. Aiton, man, so so hot and cold again, right? You have a guy who, you know, was getting all of this praise last series, right? And even earlier on, and then... He, he disappears at times. Like, I think earlier in the series, he, he had a game where he had, like, six points, seven, nine rebounds, mm-hmm, something like that, mm-hmm. where, again, you need all of your guys to step up. And now what I'm curious to know is, like, what happens this offseason, by the way. I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but Chris Paul most likely will opt out. Yeah, but I think he comes back. What if they lose? I still think he comes yeah? back. You can't make it all the way to the finals and then not, not make it back. By the way, but, the- ho- Eight and eight in game one. I remember he was like forty-five to one to win MVP, and then he had like twenty-two and nineteen. Big game. And I was like, yo. I just. Uh, but even if they lose, bro, you make it all the way to the finals. I can't see that happening. But now think about it this way. Actually, you know, what? I take that back. I, I I wouldn't be surprised because look, they not for nothing. With all due respect, they've had the easiest road to the finals in a really long time. But not even that. The the way the NBA is now, I don't think any move would surprise me, dude. We saw Durant. In 2016, leave to go to the Warriors after they had them down 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. Aiton's going to get a... Let's just think about this financially and just think about the team and the way the roster is constructed. Aiton is going to get a max. 
Mm-hmm. Booker's already on the max. Mm-hmm. The Suns owner, Robert Sarver, is, 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 is known historically for being cheap. Is he going to have the three max guys or three close to being max guys on their roster? And if they are, are they going to be hamstrung elsewhere? Was this one of those years where they give it everything they got and then you kind of— Sort of s- like a Raptors buy-in on Kawhi one year? I'd, I, I don't know if they're going to give Chris Paul multi-years— at a high at a, at a at a high number. If they want to maybe run it back, like maybe he he takes because I think it's a player option. He has a player option at a, at a high number. Maybe he opts into that and they try to run it back one more time. But the Clippers are going to be better. The Lakers are going to be better. The Nuggets are going to be better. Uh, again, they had a pretty damn easy road to get yeah. here. And 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 I just I don't I I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul is gone. Watch out for Denver next year. Yeah, I'm already trying to take a look at their number. By the way, I looked down at, at my wrist like I had a watch, but there's no watch on over, over there. Uh, last thing, do you think it's over? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Milwaukee's going to lose at home. Hmm. Do you? Both teams have been outstanding at home. Yeah. Like, even remember the Nets beat the piss out of the Bucks and then they came back. Yeah. Like, they lost by like, they were up like 50 at one point. And then they came back and they took care of home. I'm sure Bakhtiari is going to be at the game doing chugging some beers shit. with his pops, like, just fucking pitchers of beers, not even cans anymore. Dude, I, I I think it's over. I think Milwaukee cleans it up in six. Yeah. Four straight wins if that happens too, bro. Bucks in six. Brandon and Jennings. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's been surfacing Brought throughout. But yeah, I, I I think it's done in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, hell of a run for the Suns though. <laughs> We're doing their, uh, <laughs> their <laughs> eulogy. <laughs> It was a great year. Well, what's cool is that by the time people hear this, it'll be like two days. The game is Tuesday, which yeah. is nice. So you'll have Monday and Tuesday to, to listen to this. So we'll see. We'll see. But um, there are a few. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Other things, NBA, I want to talk to you about. I had Josh on the podcast a couple weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, and I asked him about the Olympics. Do you care about Olympic basketball? I'd care about it more if the NBA players didn't play. Like, I would... It's hard to say because we just lost two exhibition games to teams that we should have beat. But, like... Generally speaking, we're going to be the favorites, right? If we have all of the best players, we're mm-hmm, going to be the mm-hmm. favorites. And I kind of wish there was a little bit more of an underdog feel to mm-hmm. it, I guess, 
Um, although we didn't look that great the last time Team USA played, right? That was like the Kemba Walker year. That was like the, he was like the best player on the team. Yeah, but they ended up winning anyway. Yeah. Wait, no, they didn't. Yeah, they won, bro. They won like. What was it? No, I'm talking about FIBA a couple years ago. Oh. I'm just talking about Team USA as a whole, like when they come together and when they play. I don't recall. I know they've won the Olympics. They didn't even medal in that year. That year, I think it was 2019. USA basketball. Let's pull this up because I I think you're wrong. I'm 100 percent correct. They lost. Hmm. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. <laughs> and and it's stupid for me to bring that up. Um. They finished in seventh place. Really? Yeah. You don't remember that was the Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. Uh, their best player was Kemba Walker. Donovan Mitchell, Joe Harris, Marcus Smart. The reason why I don't remember is because... The elite guys didn't play. No, no, no. When it comes to Olympic basketball for the, for the U.S. men's team, if this is the highest level of caring... And this is the lowest level of caring. I'm like below it at like the core of the earth. It does nothing for me. It's more impressive when other countries win than it is when the United States wins. Just because of what you said, we have the best players in the world and all and all that. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm more fascinated when the other countries do well. When the U.S. wins, it's like, cool. We're supposed to win. Yeah. Like I'm more shocked when they don't. But I, it's still, it's not intriguing to me because it is so lopsided. Like yeah. When you look at it from a betting perspective, they're always like minus two, three hundred to win the whole thing, and then second place would be like the Gasol Spain teams, and they'd be like seven to one, and then Giannis and Greece were like ten to one at FIBA yeah. a couple of years ago. But besides that, like to me, the Olympics. If you're an American playing in the Olympics. The faster you bring up how many gold medals they've won, like the mellow argument, you know how people are it's like, It's like part of the Hall of Fame argument. It's like, yo, bro, he got three gold medals. It's like, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, that's, that's why I, that's why. That's when what, it comes, listen, when it, this is very important. I, I, I need to make this very clear and emphasize this. This is only talking about men's basketball. Yeah. If you're a swimmer from Idaho and you want a gold medal, congrats. A good congrats. Not a, you know, oh, fuck a you, fantasy congrats. But. When you're the men's basketball team, it's not impressive to me if you want a gold medal. Yeah, and Popovich was like getting chewed out a bit by the media. I'm not sure if you heard, if you saw the clip. One of the reporters asked him a tough question, and he's like, "Does you know how does it?" In a roundabout way, he basically said, "How does it feel losing a couple games when your average margin of victory is like 20 to 30 points?" Mm -hmm. And Popovich tried to school the guy and 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 pop. You know, he got popped, but the reporter was correct. They're like fifty-two and two in these exhibition games, and they've lost. Like USA basketball margin of victory is ridiculous. Those numbers are out of this world, and they've lost a couple games. Now they're bringing in Javale McGee. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't. I don't know. I'm just glad it's not Julius Randle. He he needs that rest. Um, I'm with you. I wish they went to college players. Like, I would be more excited. I would be able to watch upcoming players that I may not be as as exposed to. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're the favorite, but maybe they're not as big of a favorite. And it would, to me, it would just be more exciting. You're you're elevating some of these other guys. You know what I mean? Maybe it's. I don't know how you do the numbers. Maybe they're juniors in college or sophomore. You know, however you want to do it, just kind of change it up. Shades of the 1980s USA uh, men's Olympic team, kind of the, the stars before they became stars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not all those guys turned out to be NHL superstars, but nonetheless, 
I think I would be more interested if it wasn't an all-star team and it was kind of a young group of, of kids. You know, um, in soccer, there was a big there was a big controversy over the men's team failing to make the World Cup more of a tragedy, and then them not making the Olympics because in soccer there is a age limit restriction where I'm not exactly sure how many, but you're allowed three or five or six players over the age of 24 to be on that team. The rest of it is your under 23 team. You look at the United States, the reason why it was such an outcry is our entire roster, with the exception of like John Brooks from the Gold Cup game, is under 24. So we'd be able to send the team, if we were going to the Tokyo Olympics this year, the soccer team, they'd be able to send McKinney, Pulisic, uh, Reyna, um, Tyler Adams, like all these like guys that are going to be at the core starters for the men's team the next two World Cups. And then you could bring on your old, like a Clint Dempsey, even though Dempsey's retired, that's a bad example. But like Josie Altador, right? He's like 30 now. Yeah. So that would be something that would be dope to do if you're NBA basketball in the Olympics. Bunch of college kids and maybe one or two NBA stars. Probably veterans, maybe. Or, or you could you could send uh, a Jason Tatum or a uh, Zion, who Zion's not on the team, too, no. which is mad random. But like you can send those guys, and they fit the mold of the under 23. But then you could send LeBron and um, and uh, like Damian Lillard. I, and those I, are like your older heads, yeah. the vets of the team. But the majority of it, that would make it more interesting to me. Yeah, all young guys. All young guys, yeah. yeah. Or up-and-comers. Yeah. I, I'm not as into it, though, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I actually think I'm more fascinated now because they're losing. You know, it, it's, That's a good point. You now know, like, it might be more interesting to us to watch because there is that sort of... Oh, they might lose. They're not as strong as we thought they were. Yeah, and Patty Mills just turns the fuck up when he puts that Australian jersey on. What about what about? I saw a lot of people saying this is how the officiating should be because you saw a lot of the American players diving into calls. They're not getting these calls. Threes and kicking their legs out. They're not getting those calls. That, you, is that something you want to see implemented in the NBA? They're going to change the way they call the games next year. I think they've already gone on the record saying that mm -hmm, Adam Silver mm -hmm, has mm -hmm. done that. So I think I think that's. I think the fans understand that all of these tic tac fouls are corny, and I think it's um, you know th that'll be changed soon. Um, but the international game is completely different; it's played differently. So um, you know, there's it was a good it was a good and point. a lot of these guys. One last thing: a lot of these guys have histories of playing together. Your Joe Ingles, your 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 uh, Patty Mills, right? You, these international guys, essentially, they play on the same team mm -hmm. every year, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas Team USA, they're just throwing a bunch of guys together. Every two years, every four years, it could be a different group. Who wants to go to the Olympics? All, All right. right. You don't want to go? All right, cool. Next guy up. As opposed to everyone else. Yeah, I also think it might be more of a pride thing for other countries to for try sure. to slay Goliath and beat the United States. Yeah. How do you feel about the Olympics just as a whole? Are you a fan of the Olympics? Yeah. I mean, I wish... Yeah, the it wasn't, tone in your voice wasn't really that. Fucking. I mean, I wish they weren't. It was they weren't doing it during a pandemic because now they had to like remove the fans. Yeah. In, in Tokyo, so. Um, I guess the numbers weren't as bad when the, when it started as to where it is now. So, um, obviously, that doesn't make anything better. So, I mean, I, I'm not – yeah, I don't know. I'll probably tune in, of course, but to the basketball. But I don't know if I'm watching, um, you know, 400-meter dashes. It's funny you bring up that one because those are the only ones that I watch. Fascinating. I watch the track and field. 
that's dope to me. When I think of Summer Olympics, I think of the 100, 200, and the 400-meter races. That's dope. Besides um, that, like, it doesn't... You know, the other thing is to get somewhat political. Dun, dun, dun. To get somewhat political. Anytime a country builds for the Olympics, the, oh, when it's it leaves, tra- tra- it's a nightmare, bro. Dude, where, where Greece... In Greece in 2004 was such a big thing. Like the Olympics is returning home to, you know, where it originated and shit. And the place where they did the synchronized swimming became like an abandoned lot. Same thing happened in Brazil. Yeah, it happens. And it just, the the citizens of the country, they despise it because all that money's going into making it a tourist attraction and more to cater for the rest of the world. As opposed to, like, the people that are struggling in that country. Yeah. You know, like, my family in Greece fucking hated it. So I can speak to that because I, I saw it from experience. But then I had a, a an uncle who owns a hotel. And he was like, yo, it was that we've, to this day, have never had more success. But then, like, my family, who's not as fortunate, they're like, yo, it was whack. Yeah. It sucked. You know, we're living in, I don't want to say poverty, but in, in bad conditions. And then you have all this money being fixed to like Olympic Stadium and all this shit. And it happened to Brazil with the World Cup and that. I'm of a believer, and this is going to sound super like nationalist, but every major tournament event should be in the United States because they never need to build anything. Sochi, they had to build all those stadiums. In uh, Tokyo, they were making the changes too. Where like in the United States, bro, there's college stadiums that hit fit 90,000 people there's other countries around the world that have the infrastructure already so i see what you're saying go, put it into a place where you don't have to build a bunch of shit go to germany right germany is going to be the next euro cup in 2024 they don't need to build anything they have new. 50 stadiums across yeah this and they had the world cup in 2006 also so it's like they don't need to put yeah they might like revamp a couple things but they're not tearing down neighborhoods to build a new stadium yeah it's i mean it's a lot i mean i don't want to you know i don't want to speak out of my ass but i'm sure there's a lot of Shady shit going on behind the scenes. Oh, I mean, like the Qatar World Cup is like super duper controversial. Yeah. So, um, a funny story. You know Hudson Yards on the west side of Manhattan in mm-hmm. New York City. Um, that whole area was actually developed because of the Olympics in New York City. Oh, wasn't it where the Jets were going to put their stadium? So supposedly, and, and I and I have some inside information here, but let's go hashtag Source Life. No, for sure. Um, the guy who essentially helped develop Hudson Yards, who was basically Bloomberg's right hand man. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when Bloomberg was the mayor of New York City, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they knew early on when they were putting the bid in for the Olympics, they knew they were going to get the Olympics. But what they did kind of believe in is that west side of Manhattan area, which is now Hudson Yards, which is just a bunch of train tracks and not much else. Abandoned warehouses, yeah, train yeah, yeah. tracks, all of that. And now it's like a dope spot to be in. And they knew, right? They knew that they weren't going to win the Olympics, but they proceeded with all of the bids and, and going through all of the bullshit because – Okay, we're not going to build the Olympics. We have, we have all these plans and these ideas. Fuck it, we're going to build something else. So I'm sure there's I'm sure other shit like that happens too, where mm-hmm. these countries or these cities are um, making a play for something, and they probably know they have no chance. But it's the idea and the belief within this specific area to do something else with it, maybe for so for selfish reasons or not, you know, like yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating. The when you talk to people about the Olympics, I don't know. It just never, it never did it for me. The Olympics, outside of like a handful of events, and I think one of the reasons is that um, the other reason is, you know, 
some of the rules that are in place. Like you ever seen uh, Icarus, that documentary on Netflix? No. It's um so this dude it's it's really dope. Um I've heard uh I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I think it won like an not an Oscar, but it won some like big awards. Some too. Award. But basically this dude wanted to compete in like the Tour de France or some like huge bike. Was this the Russian doping thing? The Russian Rus- doping yeah. thing. So like a lot of these other countries use things like that. Oh. Kind of soured my taste on like the Olympics and that whole experience. And also like a lot of these men and women, they spend their whole life competing for it and then after the Olympics, even if they win medals, they're kind of afterthoughts. I I just we need to win gold. For what? Basketball? Yeah. With the with the team they have? Yeah, they should. So, we should. You want to talk about Dame? Yeah. Let's Another guy who's on the Olympic team. Yeah. What do you I think feel happens? so bad. I mean, I don't feel bad, but I mean, I do feel bad for the sense that this is kind of becoming a distraction, I guess. Whether it's self-imposed or not, the idea that this has become a distraction sucks. Because he's like sitting there, Team USA gear on, mm-hmm. media availability for Team USA, and then he's getting asked questions about the Blazers in the NBA, which is tough. Um, a lot of moving pieces, right? Um, the Blazers may sell the franchise. There's instability within the organization as as a whole, right? The GM may be on his way out. They just hired Billups, who had the, the rape allegations and the rape scandal from years and years and years ago. Dame is pissed because the fans are kind of turning on him. Uh, there's just a lot of a lot to unpack well recently i mean recently it's been a couple of years now but paul allen died yeah no that's the whole thing there's in- instability right, since. right right he also owns the seahawks seahawks and the sounders shots to the mls and jody has taken over and it hasn't been the team hasn't been run as smooth despite the success on the court because of dame and um it's tricky because these nba franchises are about have such high valuations you'd think Oh, you know, even if Dame's not on the team, that's the the Blazers would still be still get sold for a lot of money. But as an owner, would you want to buy the Blazers if the star player wants out? So that's a fascinating question because if I was an owner and I had the luxury of buying a franchise, I don't know if I want to stumble into a situation where I got a guy who's 31 years old that's going to be 50 million a year close. A year. Now, if I'm going to buy, you know what team I would want to buy right now if I could? The Pelicans. First of all, I'm not paying Zion yet. I can dictate how much or decide how much I want to pay Zion. I'm not inheriting any wild fucking contract. Well, I mean, you're you are dictate you you, you <laughs> whatever the max is is what you have to pay. Right. But, but I see what you're saying. It's my decision. Yeah, which you have to which I would end up doing, yeah. but I'm saying I like to know that I have that luxury of being able to make that decision. Yeah. Do you think he gets traded to – where do you think he gets traded to? Because I have a – I don't know if it's a hot take. It probably won't happen. Golden State? Well, Golden State is the one that is probably the most likely because of what Portland could get back in return. Two could probably get picks. The, two, the two picks in this year's class. Maybe throw in next year's class. You could throw Wiggins, Wiseman in there too. Yeah. You know, Wiseman was a top three pick. Let's not get crazy. Like yeah, he's a they jobber. didn't. They didn't love him early. Like they like, they didn't expect him to be as raw as he was. Yeah, but I also think it's more of NBA Twitter and P 
people outside of Golden State that feel that way about Wiseman. I think they're high on him and they like him. They are high on him, but yeah. I, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he was included in a trade package. Portland is probably the most likely and reasonable scenario. I floated this idea out about like Dame for Anthony Davis, just straight up. I don't think I don't think the Lakers would trade Anthony Davis. Why not? It's LeBron's guy. I get that. That LeBron would have to okay that trade, but and I, I don't think he does. So my logic behind that is I don't think you could count on Anthony Davis to be healthy. Last year was an anomaly for him. It was the only time where he stayed healthy, and then they end up going to win the championship. I think Damian Lillard has shown you that he's healthy, and he's there. Yeah. The reason why the Suns are in the finals now is because Anthony Davis was hurt, and he was compromised. Because if he was healthy and he played throughout that entire series, I think they dominate them. I guess this year was a weird outlier because a lot of people got hurt. So I think it's, it's yeah, un- but it's not fair to say that for Anthony Davis because that's been his mo is getting hurt, groin, hamstring, I, toe. I, I, and I mean, I, it sounds great, it sounds cool, but let's like let's be realistic. They're not going to trade Anthony. I don't think they're going to trade Anthony Davis. Like I just, I, I think Anthony, it's Anthony Davis's team when LeBron leaves. Mm-hmm. That was kind of everything that we heard, you know. This is AD's team. This is AD team. AD's team. You watch Space Jam? No, but I plan on watching it today. AD is probably like the most featured goon from the from the the the, the goon squad. Yeah, Dame is in that too. Yeah, yeah. He because he's he's the sixth man. Is there any way that Dame could end up on the Lakers and Davis isn't is isn't in the trade package? I don't know. They don't have anything to give up. Nothing like THT is not doing it. Kuzma. <laughs> I, I have this meme It's like Lakers fans right It's like the I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about But it's like the Spongebob where he like opens up the He opens up a case or whatever And it's like Lakers go to For a star requesting a trade It's like THT Kuzma and a pick It's like they always think that's gonna get the, That's gonna like move the needle That's not moving on nah. I mean maybe like Ben Simmons would the, would the Knicks Would you want him on the Knicks I don't know if I want to gut the whole team To get him you like hit you, it on the head. You probably have to give up OB, RJ. I don't want to give up RJ. We have five first-round picks. We probably have, give them all up. I would give up quickly OB Toppin and three first-round picks, but that's probably not going to do it for them. And you're probably hearing uh, a, 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 like a dead the, the call drop on the other end if you present them that trade. I mean, it depends. You don't know what else you're going to get. The only I, if, if you're gonna make a trade with the Knicks, the only asset you want from the Knicks is RJ Barrett, so he has to be in that. You could also want Randall's got one year on his contract. Probably don't want that. Yeah, it would probably again, but everything that I'm reading from Ian Begley, who is extremely looped into the Knicks, is that the Knicks have no interest in trading RJ Barrett. Like he had an amazing second year. He be, yeah. He went his jump shot was broken last year to shooting forty percent from three, like. I know I'm a homer, and I come on this podcast a lot, and I talk about the Knicks. But last year to this year, the jump was unreal. It was. It was, it was unreal. Like it came to the, it turned into R.J. Barrett open corner three. He's gonna make the shot. Mm-hmm. Like from last year, saying like, "What do you, like don't like, what are you doing?" Um, he his game has 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 taken a, a huge jump. So I think it all depends on on what the Blazers want. If you want like a star in return and you want maybe like a star and maybe a pick or two, maybe Philly's the move. You can move Ben Simmons, right? You still get an all NBA defender, an all-star, two, three-time all-star. Mm-hmm. All he's got to do is just hit a couple free throws and you're probably getting some value there. 
You know, I like Dame and 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 uh, Embiid that fit much better. You get a reputable coach in Doc Rivers. That seems to be like an interesting play. Um, but again, if you if, also if, got Daryl Morey, who's there, who's very very aggressive. Yes. It, it, he don't give a fuck about assets. Anything. <laughs> he just he wants to win. Yeah. He's, he's itching. So again, I can't. I don't know if the I don't know if the Warriors can fit all those guys in terms of salary cap. Yeah, I'd have to figure that out. They'd probably have to send Wiggins back, right? Yeah, you would have Wiggins would have to be in that trade. But yo, I also feel like if the Nets were able to pull off Kyrie, Durant, and Harden, I think anything is possible. They'd have to get creative with the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then pay a luxury tax also. The Nuggets could be interesting if they send Porter Jr. back. And, and you know, who, who knows what else they'd have to trade. Um, Murray, maybe. Murray, pick. I don't, I don't know. It's just so interesting, man, because Dame, you know, he's one of those no-nonsense guys, quiet, never really, you know, no drama, right? And then... Uh, yeah, he's starring in a movie, and now there's trade requests. Supposedly, it's crazy to see how it all changed a little bit. And 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 right, and I don't blame him, right? Like it's player empowerment. I'm all about that. He's bro, given he's that team given, eleven years. Yeah, man. At that, bro. The problem, like, I don't want to say the problem is the reason. It's kind of I don't want to say problematic, but he's gone on the record saying like, "I'll never leave. I'll never leave." And and you have every right to change your opinion, but it's like, don't say all that stuff. Granted, if it was three, four years ago, whatever it is. Bro, he's been with them since 2009. Yeah. He's given them everything he could. If you give someone nine years and you want to, for the first time, decide to go somewhere for yourself, I can't blame you. At all. I thought the most ridiculous thing ever was when LeBron first left Cleveland and go to Miami and people were slandering him. It's like, bro, he gave you seven fucking years. He got you to an NBA Finals, and the best thing you gave him was Larry Hughes and Elgowskis. Mo Williams. Mo Williams. You know what I mean? Delonte West. Those legends. Like, I can't fault the dude for that. For nah. the first time, like, yo, you get you get drafted by a team. You have no say in that. Outside of a handful of times in, in sports history where, like, John Elway was like, yo, I'm going to go play for the Yankees. Yeah. Unless you trade me, get me out of, I think it was, like, the Colts wanted him or some shit. And then the... Um. Uh, what's his name? Fucking Eli. 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 I'm not gonna go play for the Chargers. And then besides that, it's like I can't think of many other times where that's happened. So when you get drafted, it's like the team picks who they want. You don't get to pick the team. Whereas when you're a free agent and you could ask for a trade, that could be the first time in your career. You're like, yo, you know what? I'm gonna decide to go play where I want to play. Yeah, it's fascinating when you think about the rest of the working. Uh, workforce you get to choose where you want to work like generally speaking if you want to apply somewhere you can essentially work there so the idea of not being able to uh, choose where you want to go at some point in your career is, 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 is mind-blowing when you think about it just from like the regular workforce sports is the only place where you wanting better for yourself gets criticized yeah if you were working at Fox and ESPN was like, yo, I'm going to give you $10 million more per year. You're out. No yeah. hesitation. And everyone's going to praise you for that. Yeah. But in sports, if you leave, and sometimes there's dudes that take less money to go play somewhere. And they're like, oh, you're chasing a ring. You're a bitch. You're fucking, you're not loyal and shit. It's like, bro, what the hell? Like, I did this already. Yeah, I, I, I've given you years. I've given you years. And if that, at that point, it ain't working out. Deuces. Yeah. Congrats. Fascinating.
Dame time, I just, as long as we don't have to give up the farm, man, because then we're no better than the Blazers. Mm. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. It's like the mellow thing coming up all over again. And, and, and the one thing that I will say is this is a little different because Melo was going to be a free agent. Correct. Dame is locked in for three, I think four years left. Mm-hmm. His extension kicks in next year. Yeah. So you have him locked in, which is why he's 31 now. I know the contract is until he's 35 because I remember talking about, might have been with you too. We were talking about like, yo, I get paying a guy like Dame when you did, but you got to remember you're 34 and 35 years old. He's making 50, 52 million a year. That might be a contract that's not going to age well. You're also the Blazers where you're not really signing. You're not a big market. You're struggling with free agents. Yeah. You got to re-sign your guys. Yeah. Well, we got to wrap this up cuz we still have more to attend. Shouts to the members of the Patreon. We've done new changes to the Patreon. Check it out. You can earn merch if you do an annual membership and you get two free months off if you do an annual membership. We got the legend tier, rookie contract, veterans minimum, franchise tag, and the Supermax as well. Check that out. Patreon.com slash veterans minimum. And while we're on the Patreon, you can go and listen to team previews for the NFC South. And then Impy and I are going to be doing some Patreon stuff also for the NFC East and the AFC East. Team by team previews are on there for as little as $5 a month. Impy, my guy, where can they find you if they want to contact you? I-M-P-Y-718 on Twitter and Instagram. You already know. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. And we will catch you guys next time. Can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.